0: Mr. Corcoran, you want to lead us in pledge? Yes. Yeah. I pledge, I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic
1: for which it stands, one nation under God, indivisible, with, with liberty and justice for all. Thank you. You're
0: <coughs> and this morning we have new employees. Do you want to do the introduction?
2: Morning. Hey, Bruce. Morning. My pleasure to introduce our two newest building inspectors this morning. Um, first, we have Ken Brown. He's uh, he comes to us from Brown County. Um, he's been in the construction business all of his life, and um, he uh, his his main interests are church and family. And we're we're glad to have him. Thank you, Ken. Also, we have Jason Brinker. Um, He has many years of construction experience as well and is a journeyman electrician. Um, Jason is an avid sports fan. Who day? (laughs) 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 And uh, both both gentlemen look forward to a career in building inspections. So again, we're very thankful to have these guys on board. Much needed. Thank you. Thank
1: you. Thanks for coming, and we need you. So, <laughs> thanks.
0: Susan, you have some new employees. Morning.
3: Morning. Morning. We have three new employees. isn't coming up. I'm sorry. Like where is? Well, they were scattered, and I walked in. <laughs> Okay, we're gonna start with Michael McLean. He is a Social Worker three for CPS, which we need, so welcome. Uh, He was raised just outside of Bethel near Nicholsville. He graduated from New Richmond High School many years ago. After graduation, Michael attended the University of Cincinnati, where he graduated with a degree in criminal justice. He worked as a police officer in both Goshen Township and Sardinia. Michael also dedicated 21 years of his career working in the psychiatric unit at Mercy Claremont Hospital before entering the world of child welfare. Michael is a world traveler in his free time. He's been to Thailand, the Philippines, South Korea, Australia, New uh, New Zealand, uh, and Ireland most recently. Uh, Michael has also worked on his future plans of a cruise destination to the Greek Isles. Michael enjoys spending time with his two fluffy friends their cats are named Key and Rosé, oh, <laughs> uh, who, live with, uh, who he lives with in Mount Carmel. Michael looks forward to his work in child welfare in Claremont County. Welcome, Michael. Welcome. Um, Mark Wolf, he is also um, an old employee coming back as a new employee uh, in CPS as a caseworker. He graduated from Northern Kentucky University in 1997 with a bachelor's degree in social work. Mark has lived in Claremont County since birth and is a graduate from New Richmond High School. He started his CPS career in August of 1997 and has worked in the field of human services and child welfare for the past 24 plus years. Mark took a year off and has recently rejoined the staff at um, Children's Services in Claremont County as an ongoing worker. Mark has one wonderful daughter named Riley. She is 24 and she's engaged to Cole Heron. Cole, it's spelled, you know how people spell kids' names, kind of yeah. different now. <laughs> they are working on settling a date to get married. They have three beautiful pit bulls, uh, Coco, Cooper, and Dozer. And they, uh, they make you sneeze? Yes. Okay, uh, Mark spends most of his time with family and friends watching the Bengals play and enjoying grilling out. Mark has also been a volunteer firefighter with the New Richmond Fire and EMS from 1992 to 2012, and in August of uh, this year, recertified to become a volunteer firefighter with them again. And our last person is Erica Willis. She is a clerical specialist in child support. She is a resident of New Richmond, Ohio, and has been married for 20 years to Brad. She has four children. One is at Miami University, one at NKU, and two are in the New Richmond School District. She loves to frequent the growing business districts on the weekends in her river town, and she also is returning to uh, Claremont County and CSE after a short leave, and she is super happy to be back. And we're super happy to have you.
0: So we have all New Richmond. <laughs> all New Richmond. Are y'all go to school together. <laughs> should <I stay> up? <laughs> yes, we should. Yeah. Welcome, thank you. thank
3: you.
0: Where's the camera? Oh, he's got. I didn't see you back there. Do we have any more? Or is that it? That's it. That's, that's, that's all. It.
4: We want to stay up here. Yeah, what? we'll
0: stay up here and let the uh, new employees. <coughs> <laughs> it's
4: called the lineup. Susan, you're not. Come on up. Oh, I'm here.
3: Okay, I fix my hair.
4: Are you in there, Bonnie?
5: Good.
0: (laughs) Thank you. 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 Welcome, everybody. Welcome, everybody. So item number C is the approval of the regular session minutes of November 28th, 22. Do I have a motion to approve?
1: Submit. So moved.
4: I'll second.
0: Roll call, please, Gail. Commissioner Painter? Yes. Commissioner Corcoran? Yes. Commissioner Batchelor? Yes. And this morning we have a couple presentations. The first one is Kevin Fink from Gallagher, He's going to give us a... Uh, update on our liability insurance overview yes please
6: thank you Uh, good morning commissioners Hi. (coughs) again I am Kevin Fink with Arthur J Gallagher and company I serve as the county's insurance broker and risk management advisor Tom told me he thought I never met a microphone I didn't like so I was to keep it short Uh, (laughs) (laughs) full agenda So I would try to do my best. Uh, I, I put about uh, a 50-page document I went over with the administration into about five pages for the uh, the commissioner's kind of as an executive summary. I'm going to go over everything the county has, with the exception of your cyber liability. That's still pending. It's a very challenging market, uh, and I'll, I'll get into that in a little bit. Uh, so this renewal overview is for everything else. Uh, we have the same insurance companies as expiring. There's a list I'll have on the last page. Uh, they're all Highly rated by AMBS, A15 or higher. It's counterintuitive to market too often. Uh, look at if you had an employee that had six different employers in as many years, would you be reluctant to hire them? It's similar when you're going out to the marketplace. Unless there are problems, you don't want to make changes to try to resolve them first. Now, with that being said, we had some of those issues in the past. The property was extensively marketed in 2019. The liability in 2020 and 2021. the cyber for the last three years because of the marketplace conditions and there's a summary of the efforts below and you will see like I said uh, most of that has to do with the cyber and the equipment breakdown also known as boiler machinery. The cyber is still pending and I should have terms to the administration by the middle to end of this week. If you turn to the second page the renewal program costs they're up modestly on just a pure dollar basis it's 12% but if you were to adjust for exposure growth your property values you know your increases in your fleet and those matters effectively it's only about 4.9% uh, you know as an example if you had 10,000 a premium for 10 million of properties and now you have 20 million of properties and 20,000 in premium yeah the cost is double but so is your exposure so the rate's the same so on an effective basis it's up just under 5% which i think In this marketplace is reasonably favorable, especially considering that the county's had some losses that are atypical for its usual history. Uh, And I would still say it's about 90,000 less than the next viable option that we were able to procure for the county last year. Again, those, those costs are driven predominantly by property values that are up. We were actually able to convince the carrier to go in stair steps. If you look at CBiz, Marshall Swift, RS Means, other, and, and I'm sure with the new construction, you know what's going on with soaring labor and material costs. Here is are pushing uh, to make sure that you have adequate insurance to value, that they reflect the true replacement cost value in today's dollars. We were able to convince them to go in stair steps with, instead of the full 15%, 7.5% this year, another 7.5% next year to, to ease the county's budget. Again, why are these rates increasing? If you turn to page three. Uh, if you, you know, pay much attention to what's going on in the news, it's five years of outsized catastrophe losses, both here and around the globe. You know, in the U.S. tornadoes, hurricanes, increased convective storms, wildfires in the West. You know, riots and civil commotion, and the eerie deep freeze down in Houston. It, uh, insurance is where the losses of the many pay for the losses of the few, but we've had the losses of the many in recent times. And then that's reinsurance costs are going up. We've got a strong US dollar right now, which I'm not quite sure I understand how that is, but uh, most of the reinsurers are foreign companies. They hold their money and their capital in foreign currency, but they're selling their policies in the US dollar, so that hurts them. And then we're going to rise to say inflation, uh, labor materials. Did I mention inflation? The value you know, rates, th- their bonds. When they have to sell, like Hurricane Ion, they have to sell those bonds at a loss because we're in a rising interest rate environment. And then did I mention inflation? Uh, There's less capacity out there because some investors chasing returns would invest in what are called catastrophe bonds. So again, that increases the amount of capital. Well, with higher rates, they're finding safer investments that are getting them the return that they want. So the cat bond market is not what it used to be. Liability, just again, it's another kind of inflation, but it, we call it social inflation, where there's just there's, there's more attorney activity and claims than what there used to be, driving up costs. Jury verdicts are coming in higher than what they used to for the level of injury sustained. The law enforcement environment that we're in has not been, uh, I would say, favorable for, for government. Uh, you know, perceptions and standards that they want to hold uh, uh, law enforcement officers, too, and some of the nuclear verdicts in some of the jurisdictions. And cyber, again, ransomware, concerns over nation state attacks, you know, Russia, Ukraine, China, North Korea. And there's very few insurers out there now that are willing to provide coverage for governmental entities and higher ed among, you know, certain industries. So that's kind of as quickly as I can, you know, why are we in the situation we're in? But again, I think the county is. Uh, has a reasonably favorable renewal considering that environment for your changes uh, there was a pretty significant loss of Bob McEwen the equipment breakdown also known as boiler machinery deductibles been increased from five thousand to ten but when you look at a, over a half a billion dollar schedule of values that the county has that's not out of line with what you would typically expect to see anyways it's just you're not going to get the the bottom end of what they'll do from that and then we we actually had a, a minor improvement for your mobile equipment instead of the standard $50,000 deductible for all county property. Things like the, the engineer or water and sewer has, like our tractors and graders, they lowered the retention on that down to 10. The last page is just, again, the companies, as I mentioned, they're all rated A or better in category 15, which is the highest financial size category by AM Best. And then there's a very quick summary of the limits, deductibles, you know, by coverage type on the bottom of that. That's as fast as I can go. Any questions? <laughs> I, I, I've gone through it in much more detail with the, with the administration. Uh, they are, I think, recommending that we go ahead and renew with the CARES I have put together here. And I'm hoping that uh, the board will approve that. Otherwise, uh, Merry Christmas, and thank you for your time.
0: Thank you. Thank you. Thanks. Mary? You're up.
7: All right. I'm not going to be as quick as Kevin.
0: You're not going to do it?
7: I could try and I know a lot of people would like that but um, I don't know that it would give you the information that you you really need. Um, We have all you know discussed this preliminary draft with each one of you individually and uh, we've come up with uh, some summaries that we'd like you to take a look at. Um, Again, this year, in 2023, we've got the same number of funds as we had last year. There's 111 funds with expenses. Um, We've gotten rid of three, added three new ones, but it's washed out. General fund is the uh, largest discretionary fund you have, and that's where the bulk of these slides and this discussion is going to be. Um, We separate general fund into operating and non-operating. Operating funds are the recurring ones that happen all the time regardless. The non-operating are either one time or have a specific uh, revenue that offsets the expenses. Uh, unlike the tax budget that we did in the summer, the appropriations have to balance. We can't, we can't go into it with uh, more revenues than we have resources to support it. So the annual estimated operating revenue I've got a, a trend summary here that shows you um, where the various revenues and general fund come from. Property taxes are pretty, pretty flat. There's, um, they're only affected by the revalue years, and so those are just going up slightly next year. Sales tax at $37 million is the, the largest source we have, and you see that there's been a pretty good jump in that since 2020. We expected that to go down with the pandemic, but because of the Wayfair decision and we get the sales tax on um, Internet sales, we really didn't see that, that drop. We, we're, we should bring in about 37 million this year. We kept it flat because of the economy with the inflation. We expect that discretionary income is going to uh, be reduced for people and they're not going to spend as much. That uh, that could change, but that's where we're heading into that. Licenses and permits are essentially from the building department. So we've been growing in development in Claremont County uh, subdivision schools. So that's the largest piece there. Uh, with the housing market over the pandemic, it really has grown. The rates were down. People were refinancing and building. So um, we've really seen a pretty good uh, Growth in that department. The, uh, the uh, other group is intergovernmental revenues. The biggest thing there is our casinos. We bring in about three million dollars from the casinos each year. Um, then we have the indigent events is expected to go up and well to stay right about ninety percent next year. We made it to hundred percent for a brief period of time, but. The state didn't take into consideration some of the changes that individual entities were making with the rates of reimbursement for the indigent defense attorneys and uh, increasing their indigent defense. So when they said that they would be able to reimburse us at 100%, it allowed for some growth, but not the growth they've seen. So it's been cut down to about 90%. The other large ones that we have in the intergovernmental are the local government funds and the homestead rollback. The reduction that you see up here for next year in the intergovernmental is mainly due to the Board of Elections monies. They were about $170,000 that were received this year and grants that won't be coming in next year. So it's all tied to the elections. Charges for services include uh, the property transaction related fees. So, 4.2 of that is conveyance fees. And you'll see um, further on when we talk, the the non-operating piece of that is the economic development dedicated conveyance fee. So, it's one-third of that. So, when we talk non-operating, we'll see 1.4 million in the revenues from conveyance fees for economic development. And then it's 4.2 here. And then the recorder's fees is about $800,000. they are starting to see a slowdown in the housing and the documents that are being recorded. So there's we're going to expect some slowdown there. The other thing in charges for services are some inner fund charges for indirect costs for administrative support to the various funds out there that the county has. Um, We we recoup in the general fund for, uh, example, water and sewer for the efforts of general fund offices to support their operation. So when we when that's all said and done, we bring in about another 1.8 million dollars for that for those services. We also have tax settlement fees for the auditor, we have court fees in that, and uh, the 911 charges are also included in charges for services. Right now. There's about 400,000 that is charged back to the various townships, the users of the 911 system, uh, and that is considered an operating expense of the county. Investment income—that's uh, on the other, the flip side of this economy that we're in—we're seeing that the revenues in there is, is planned to go up from 1.1 million dollars to about two and a half million dollars. So that is a bright spot if you want to look at it that way. And then uh, fines and forfeitures are just that. Those are the court costs that that go through there. The other revenues include the the bulk of that is a $500,000 surplus from the title fund for, you know, statutory fees for the title. Um, If there is a surplus that's not needed for the title operation, they give it back to the general fund. So we we count on about a half a million dollars there every year. And then on the also included in there is about $440,000 for insurance. The premiums that Kevin talked about just a little bit ago, general fund pays, but because of water having other um, property, the values and engineer, they pay a portion back to the general fund, so that's about $440,000 of it. Next is just a pie graph to give you a shot of what general fund looks like for, for 2023. As you can see, sales taxes pushing on 50, 50% of the revenues there. And this is where I, sh- I told you that the economic development, $1.4 million, that's conveyance fee. And then uh, the other non-operating revenues, uh, is a DJFS sort, the Southwestern Ohio Regional Training Center. Uh, other counties are part of that, so they reimburse us. And then there's some advances, uh, stormwater charges, and the DJFS Human Resources MOU. And then we have the a snapshot of the General Fund twenty twenty-three. Operating expense. Um, we'll talk about some of these trends coming up in the other slides, but this is just to give you a sense of where our monies actually go. So, if you look at the criminal justice at 42.4% of the revenue or the expenses, you add judicial and you're up to 65.5%. Then all of a sudden you throw in public safety, which the bulk of public safety is the comm center, the 911 center you're up to 73% of the general fund just to <coughs> take care of the, the public safety, the criminal justice system. The, uh, that 13 million in revenues for, um, or expenses, I'm sorry, the expenses in general fund, we're planning to put about 11 and dollars into the capital plan this year, and we'll talk about capital further on in this, in this uh, presentation. But in order to support what we have there, the finishing up of the juvenile, mm-hmm. the start of the Philiger Road Campus, those are the two major ones. And we've added over the years in our um, cash balance and general fund so that we wouldn't have to go out for bonds for any of these major projects coming up. So that's what you're seeing. We put $10 million in this year and looks like we're going to need about $11 million next year. So that's the expenses there. So then we touch on some trends in the criminal justice. Criminal justice is nothing but it's, it's It is what it is. Um, 2020, it looks like there was a reduction there at $22 million and going up into $30 million next year. <coughs> but you have to keep in mind that over $4 million was offset with CARES money in 2020. So really the expenses for criminal justice in 2020 would have been $26.6 million. So there would have continued to be a, a nice growth there. Common police probation is what's uh, showing up there. And there they have a classification plan structure. And so this small increase is what's covering their existing plan. Juvenile Court has been impacted with some changes at the state level with the Reclaim Funds. Uh, This should be the last year, I think, that they're moving people out of the Reclaim Program into the General Fund in order to meet those new guidelines. So there's been some, you know, larger increases there. But you'll also see the increases for the uh, Detainees, food and medical care, and electronic monitoring in juvenile court. Municipal probation has had some changes in staff, so they're actually looking like they're dropping a little bit, but they've had some retirements of long-term employees, and so the new ones don't start as high. The sheriff's operations is over 77% of the criminal justice. Um, If you take into consideration the Miscellaneous, which really they are all related to the sheriff's operations. They're just not directly budgeted to him. So it's the sheriff and the jail, the miscellaneous or the extradition costs, the drug unit match, um, the cask program. Now the CASC program is what you're seeing the impact going from five hundred thousand to eight hundred in the miscellaneous, because the Soars grant that mental health has subgranted us with for support of the CASC. The SOARS grant was reduced by 30% to mental health, and they in turn reduced their funding of CASC by 50%. So that added, that's essentially the increase there. Um, Also the sheriff's bargaining will start late 2023. So we've had to budget for the uh, labor negotiations. Next slide is our judicial system, which covers all of our courts, our clerk of courts, and then uh, the, the prosecutor's area. The first one you see under BCC, that's really just the Court of Appeals. There's an allocation for the 12th District. Butler County bills us, and there's just been some delays there, so we've got about two years built in there, plus it's built based on population on the allocation, so we should see a little bump in that. The um, domestic has implemented some um, staffing changes that require the magistrates to increase from part-time to a full-time position. Juvenile court took a um, pretty good increase here, but that is related to the indigent defense schedule that you adopted earlier this year. Previously, the juvenile court was just one, one rate and one maximum. This, with the new schedule, there are various um, levels of service, depending on the charges. So they're anticipating about $150,000 in indigent defense costs going up. However, with a 90% reduction a reimbursement rate, that should only be about $15,000. We'll watch that trend to see where it actually goes and, and make some adjustments in the, in the out years on that. Probate, again, is, um, didn't have anything for the indigent defense under the old schedule. So there's, there's um, seeing an increase in that there, as well as mental illness hearing costs. If, if um, a county resident goes to a hospital down in Cincinnati, for example, and has to have a hearing before the probate judge to see if they have to be um, held for evaluation. Hamilton County then bills Claremont County, the county of residence, and we have to pay that. It's a rather new thing that's happened. Uh, Hamilton County started doing it, and now the other counties are all following suit. So we're seeing some increased costs there. And I think we saw some increase in this year's appropriations that were related to that. Municipal court basically just had some small changes in in, uh, fringes with their new people. Prosecutor increases for some staff changes and also increases in the west law (laughs) access, as well as the elected officials increase. And that you're going to see across the board Uh, Elected officials rates went up 1.75%. Public defender, we've added some money for the use of experts for the public defender. Previously they had to go through the court to have experts and there was kind of, it just wasn't as clean as it could be. This way the public defender can hire their own experts and use it that way otherwise it was common police court for the most part that would uh, pay for those. So we haven't reduced it yet because we don't know where it's going to um, but common police should see a reduction if the public defender uses some experts in their their hearings. General government is where the Board of Commissioners fall. These are the administrative offices um, the auditor just has some minor contractual changes and some staffing changes. Engineers tax map, they had a retirement, so that's, that's backed out of there and lower, in, lower rates. The uh, Board of Commissioners in here include some tax settlement fees, the contribution to Soil and Water Conservation District, uh, the Fair Board, OSU Extension, that had some increases. And the BCC also includes the commissioner's office, facilities management, um, human resources, the mailroom, public information, planning, GIS, ISD, the record center, risk management, and then the miscellaneous non-departmental. So when they're looking at this under Board of Commissioners, it really isn't just your department. It's, It's the umbrella that's under the Board of Commissioners. And facilities was impacted quite a bit because of the cost of goods, cost of services. uh, We touched on it with um, Kevin. And then um, some annualized staffing changes that have happened. Board of Elections, on even number of years, the costs are high. Odd number of years, they drop. So that's what you're seeing here is 2020. It was higher than 2021, 2022 it went up, 2023, we're looking for it to be reduced. The prosecutor civil department is reflected here under general government because of the support they provide to the general offices. Um, there's some shifting from the DTAC, from the delinquent tax account fund, moving into the general fund because that fund um, not having the resources to support the recorder's office uh, has a drop because they had some money in there for a scanning project in there and they're now caught up. So everything should be online for the property records. And then the treasurer, just a small change. Um, we, they had some one-time costs in there, and then there's some contract increases. So it's not a not a big difference. So it's going from just under 15 million to about 14.7 next year for the general government, not for the treasurer. Public safety. Again, public safety had some CARES monies that were used in 2020, uh, about $350,000. So the increase in 2021 looks like it's going from 3.8 to 4.7 million, but it it was a little bit less than that. The center, DPSS, Department of Public Safety Services, does not include any salary increases for next year because they are currently under negotiations. So when we're looking at the totals further on in this presentation, keep that in mind. There are no increases yet for the bargaining unit of uh, DPSS. The building inspection department has had some staffing changes. so this budget going from $1.5 to $1.6 million, $1.7 million, is at full staff. So they have um, full staff of their inspectors and their support staff is in that number. They're also sharing a soil and water conservation urban tech position. So that is new to their budget as well. EMA is strictly the general fund contribution to that program. Emergency Management Agency is a special revenue fund (coughs) that we talked about further on. Um, But this is what the general fund contributes. It's local match and for other things that just are not included in the grant. They're being reduced because they are not anticipating sharing a position that they had in there previously. And the corners reduction in fringes, And then we've also increased the transporter pay. They have not had an increase since 2015. We've put in there for going from $150 to $175 per run. Health and Human Services. We're looking at $4.3 million, up from three and a half. For the most part, this section is mandated. The only thing that is not is the um, TB Contract we have with public health and that's remained flat for many years um, Under the Board of County Commissioners. We have the mandated children with medical handicaps funding from the Department of Health that is Required at a tenth of a mil so that's 521,000 DJFS mandated share is in here at 416,000 that includes 5% increase mid-year for their change in state fiscal year um, funding for other Public Assistance and Children's Services is in here, as well as Family and Children's Services, or Family and Children First Council funding. And then we have Apiary Inspections in here, Final Statistic Registrations, which are again mandated, and then we have Animal Control Services. <coughs> this budget in, includes 300, almost $350,000 contribution from General Fund to the Animal Control Program. Dog and Kennel Fund is a Special Revenue Fund. The uh, revenues are not sufficient to cover the program. There's going to be a public hearing here soon uh, <laughs> regarding the revenues that go into there. Veterans is getting close. It's almost, almost exactly what the estimated half mil is. The statute says that uh, we can fund veteran services up to half a mil. And normally they don't get quite up there. They may budget higher, but actual expenses come in lower. They're expecting to um, add some part-time drivers, another veteran service officer, and a receptionist. And then they have some operating expenses for some new clientele, software maintenance, the vehicle replacement, Um, and then they expect assistance to go up with the the way the economy is headed. This next slide just talks about the non-operating. Again, non-operating funds have either dedicated revenues or they're one-time expenses. So economic development, we have them budgeted at 790, going down slightly from 814 budgeted this year. Um, What they have in there is, a request to fund some possible development projects. So in that $800,000, $800, there's about $465,000, is for projects that could come through the county. In 2020, there was 1.7 million transferred into the development capital fund for the track funding. So that's where you see the larger amount in 2020 for economic development. JFS is just strictly the SWORT expenses and it's in line with the trends. The criminal justice is down due to the cask funding. It's shifted from non-operating to operating because it no longer has a dedicated source at the level it had previously. And then we've been seeing some extraordinary inmate special medical needs recently. So we were putting some money in there to cover those so we didn't have to come back for uh, supplemental appropriation when when those things arise. The judicial is strictly for the juvenile court rent. That should go away once the expansion is complete and we move people into that building. So that's about $21,000 that will go away from here. And then there's uh, money just put in there for um, advances for other funds. So if there's a small grant fund that's on a reimbursement basis, needs money for cash flow, we basically loan that to them. And then on the revenue end, they wind up repaying it. The public safety that's in here is for the um, building department had some overtime related to their intergov conversion in 2021, so that was tracked as non-operating because it shouldn't be an ongoing expense. And then we just have some money for advances in there. And I'm sorry, I skipped over health and human services. That is the uh, stormwater funding. So that comes in, and then we have a contract with Soil and Water Conservation District under an MOU. Then the last thing you see here is the retirement or vacation payouts. We track those as non-operating because um, they happen once, you know. And also we have, some officials have policies to do vacation payouts, so as long as their staff keeps a a certain level of vacation, they allow them to um, turn in, cash out up to 80 hours or so each year. And then that saves us money in the long run because you're paying it out at current instead of where they may have some increases. Um, do you want the legislature? Oh yeah. Thank you. Sure. <laughs> yeah, that did have a pretty good jump, didn't it? Sure did. <laughs> sure did. That's where we're seeing the half eleven and a half million dollar transfer to capital. So Um, I guess I skipped that because we'd already mentioned that. (laughs) It it is a rather large amount though. Um, But that's what that that essentially is. There's also money in there for the Zimmer appeal, uh, a Zimmer appraisal for the appeal that's been filed about the property so we put that in there. But in the scheme of things, that $30,000 is just a drop in the bucket. All right, this is the part that you really need to pay attention to. <laughs> Is there more? Can <laughs> I it's take a drink? Of Ryan
1: Did <laughs> you just negatively assume that we weren't paying attention at all? No, really Push pay down. attention.
4: Really. He says right the you <laughs> Just
7: because Here your we eyes were shut. <laughs> These are the ones where we still need the board's input. The draft does not include about almost $2.5 million worth of additional requests from departments, plus salary actions for the non-bargaining people. So the um, staffing related, the Clerk of Municipal Court is asking for um, five employees to reestablish their second shift, plus other increases for their existing staff, and overtime for Saturday work and bond hearings. Uh, The Common Pleas Clerk Is requesting changes in their pay scale, common pleas court and adult probation. They have some adjustments for officers rates based on provided comps that they they went over with the with administration plus an updated pay plan in addition to whatever salary actions of the board uh, will grant within their budget. And that's the same for the common pleas clerk. They want an increase in addition to whatever the board comes up with. Juvenile court has requested funding for a probation compliance officer and then plus some minor increases in salaries that are just changes from the 2022 budget. Prosecutor's office is requesting a common pleas criminal assistant a civil assistant, a full-time paralegal position, and change in a municipal assistant from part-time to full-time. Public defender is requesting a felony assistant attorney, and then the treasurer is just asking for some funding for a seasonal employee. DPSS, which is the Com center, has sent a request for an increase for one of their non-bargaining employees That would be in addition to anything that the board approves in salary actions for this year. So, these are some staff related that we really need your input. We're expecting to adopt the budget next week. And we need your input to see what, if any, of these you would like us to include. Again, the proposed expenses don't have any salary action. Each 1% for non-bargaining is about $279,000, including the fringe benefits. Um, And this does not include the bargaining units such as the um, corrections officers that may have a Me Too clause where if anything over a 3% increase that's in their budget, they would also get the Me Too for for any across-the-board increases. Uh, DPSS, bargaining is underway. That would only be based on the salaries that are in there, about $10,000 per um, percent. And that's assuming that we have all the positions accounted for in their number. And then again, some requests that are in this 2.4 million administration has kind of looked at and said that they don't quite, you know, they wouldn't recommend it. It's things that, because of other things that have happened, no longer are needed. Then we have other things besides people costs. We have the auditor uh, starting to outsource their ACFR, which used to be the CAFR. ISD uh, is requesting some additional funding. Building department would like to have some uniforms for uh, their staff, and administration would uh, go along with perhaps for the inspectors so that the people who are out in the field have some uh, identifying consistency. And the common police clerk would like to have some money for some microfilming. Juvenile detention just wants a little bit more. And probation also wants a little more than what was put in there. So those are some things that you can think about. Uh, prosecutor wants some more money for some general operating expenses in addition to what's covered under the West Law increases that we budgeted for. And um, treasurer just wants a, few, a little bit more. And then on the non-operating side, economic development has requested budget of a million dollars of conveyance money for potential projects. This one is one that, if the board, per, you know, wants, they can just hold it off, do a supplemental if and when those projects materialize. Then we go real quick here to the general fund summary. This is just a kind of an overview for comparison. I put the 2022 operating appropriation at 69 million, 69.6. This draft has 71.5 million dollars for operating expenses. The revenues are estimated at just under $74 million, so available for salary actions. And the other things are about $2.2 million as compared to the requests of 2.4 plus salary actions. And the, the bottom chart here just kind of shows you that there would be about a $9 million draw on the general fund balance. Again, a lot of that is planned, the $11 million, and the non-operating is, is totally planned. It was worked in there, why the fund balance had. Had gotten so high um, general operating money is actually right now in the draft showing that 2.2 million dollars increase and then we show just again another way to look at it it's the cash flow we're projecting that at the end of this year we're going to have about forty three point nine million dollar fund balance today it was forty six and a half million a uh, trend for December in revenues, uh, December revenues, we bring in about $5.5 million in the month of December, generally. And expenses usually run around $8 million. So we're looking at just under $44 million as a year-end balance. 3.3 of that is dedicated to conveyance fees.
1: That doesn't include the stabilization fund? It
7: does not include the budget stabilization fund. So with the revenues that we have estimated here, 73.6, minus the 71.5 um, operating expenses, the non-operating revenues of 2.7, and then the expense non-operating expenses of 14, we're looking at an end of the year next year of 34.8. That's that $9 million draw. But as you said, uh, Commissioner Painter, that does not include the $5.3 million of budget stabilization. Um, we want to make sure we keep about 35% of a fund balance and with this um, we're at 44%. So we we've, we've got some we've got a healthy balance. We also have to keep in mind too we're putting money into the capital program now but our buildings are starting to get older so we might want to start thinking about building that balance back up again so that uh, we can cash fund. All right, on to other funds. We've got the pandemic-related funds. CARES Act is done. We had to spend that by the end of last year, and we did. Money came in, money went out. So we brought in about just under $10 million, and we spent that. Then we had the ARPA funds. We received 40, just under $40.1 million in ARPA funds, and those must be expended by tw- the end of 2024. And with current 2022 expenses, we'll get into the specifics, uh, we've spent about a third of those monies, so we're moving right along. And then the new one down there at the bottom, the Local Assistance and Tribal Consistency Funds, um, the federal government is giving us $100,000, 50 came in this year. 50 will come in next year. Um, it can be used for any governmental purposes. And from what we can gather, there are no time con- restrictions on that, but the board does need to, to consider what uses uh, they they would plan for those. We did budget for the 100000 next year, so it's available once you determine what how you just want to use just that. For general or we can use it for general purposes. Yep.
1: Just this past week in Chicago, the assistant secretary treasurer was, was actually there. He talked about these particular funds, and over 800 uh, qualifying counties so far have not uh, filled out their registration to actually collect that money. So he was really, really surprised that, you know, when the money is available for any purpose that you want to use. And he stressed the flexibility of those funds were that counties could use them on any governmental <laughs> purpose that you, that you right. have. Right. The general fund
7: expenses, any of those we could use that for. Okay. Uh, The ARPA funds, this slide shows you where we've used it so far. Uh, These are, the ARPA funds are more restrictive than the CARES Act monies were. So there was a formula that the U.S. Treasury put in place that included a 5.2% growth rate for revenues. So the monies that we could identify as lost revenues under that formula can be used for um, more than the regular ARPA monies. The regular ARPA funds are restricted for water and sewer improvements and broadband infrastructure projects. So, we have spent almost $11 million on spent or obligated. $10.9 $10.9 million on water and sewer projects so far this year. Broadband allocation, we put $10 million aside, that's uh, still not finalized. So there's uh, $6 million that, of those monies that are just either going to go towards more water and sewer projects or broadband as the board sees fit when that comes. The revenue replacement amounts to about $12.4 million and that that can be used for any general fund purpose. So what we've done to date (coughs) is used $4 million of that for road resurfacing because road resurfacing was not one of the items that was under the restricted funding. Um, We've done the Buxton Roundabout, half a million dollars went there. There were some projects in Loveland for sidewalk and bridge repair and then just some miscellaneous other projects. So these have to be obligated by the end of 2024 and fully expended by the end of 2026. So there's, there's some flexibility still in, in, that, in those categories. The other pandemic-related are those emergency rental assistance funds, and these are um, administered by DJFS The ERA 1 funds are finished, they were finished at the end of the year, um, and a lot of that was returned because it hadn't been spent because of the timing of all the regulations and getting it all set up. But under the ERA 2, revenues for 2021 and 2022 so far has just been about $4.8 million, almost $4.9 million, and the assistance that's been expended is $3.1. So they're, they're doing a good job of getting those monies out to the people who, who need those, those monies. The only caveat here is if you received other assistance from any of the other federal programs, you can't use these monies. So um, we have a contract with Community Services to actually run the program. It's administered by BJFS. I'm trying, guys. (laughs) All right, we're talking about the other funds. Um, The biggest category that has the the most breakdown is the health and human services. So this is a trending of the non-general fund and non-COVID monies that are under the board's appropriation authority. So job and family services uh, is up just under a million dollars, and that includes their public assistance funds children's services funds, which are essentially flat, uh, child support, and workforce development funds. There have been some changes in in vacancies. They've had some staffing issues, so we've plugged in some of those vacancies, but not at 100% staffing to to accommodate their their department, so you'll see still about a million-dollar growth. Uh, Developmental disabilities, and I'm going to hit just the highlights. I'm not going to hit every single one here. Uh, developmental Disabilities is down about half a million dollars. They're anticipating that the revenues that they had, or the renovations that they had budgeted this year are going to be finished, and they had about one and a half million dollar projects on their uh, Wildy School roof and windows projects. So those should be completed. And they've also had some expansion in their waiver services fee. Uh, pro- I, I guess I'm talking too much now, sorry guys. Expansion in their waiver services, and that's uh, impacted the change there. And they've added some positions in order to provide more services that are in demand.
0: Hey, Mary, I've got to stop you at the moment so you get looking. to take a break because we have a public hearing at this. I kept
7: looking good. Okay, okay. okay.
0: motion to go out of the regular and into the...
5: Where's
0: Tim? Yeah, I have to read all of this? Do I have to read all of this? Yes. Are we ready?
8: He was here a second ago.
4: <laughs> <laughs> He's chasing a dog, probably. <laughs> he went to get
0: Tom's new mascot. Hmm. Tim went to get your new mascot. A mascot? Yeah. You didn't know about it?
9: Fine, fine dog. Hmm.
4: We can let Mary talk a little more. <laughs> Mary, we could
0: let you go on a little I bit. longer. <laughs> we have a public hearing at 11 as soon as we get our participants here. See, we cut you off too soon Mary
7: I can add that for your additional requests we have provided each one of you with the actual description the dollar amounts associated with those thank you
0: okay it is 11 o'clock and I need a motion we have a public hearing to go into need a motion to go into that public hearing
10: so moved
0: I'll second roll call please Commissioner Painter? Yes. Commissioner Corcoran? Yes. Commissioner Batchelor? Yes. And today's uh, December 5th, we do have a public hearing, proposed changes and dog fees for Claremont County Animal Shelter.
8: Uh, good morning, Board. We have Tim Pappas here, our Chief Dog Warden. This is a public hearing uh, based off of Resolution 162-22, which you passed last month this is a proposed fee/costs associated with sections 95517 95512 95515 and 95516 vice code so in this study it allows us to look at look at our direct and indirect costs for several statutory items uh the two we focused on are the seizing and transport of animals as well as the care feeding and housing of animals uh held during the redemption period your redemption period is 3 days or 14 days depending on if the dog is licensed or not. So we looked at those costs. And these costs are not for all animals. These are animals that are redeemed during that um, hold period. If the hold period expires and the dog is brought up for adoption, then our adoption fees take over. So a lot of these aren't going to apply because those fees are already calculated in our adoption fees. These are for the dog that's a stray dog. It's a dog that was found running at large. Uh, If it's brought to the shelter and the owner comes and redeems that dog, then these fees would apply. So, Mr. Pappas is here to talk about the studies they did, uh, looking at our various costs, and just kind of give you a breakdown of, of what they discovered, and then any comments you may have. And then, if the board is so inclined after the public hearing, uh, we will uh, proceed with uh, preparing a, a resolution for you uh, for a future meeting. Uh, these fees are only statutorily allowed to be applied at the start of the year, hence why we're here at uh, this time of the year with you.
0: Okay, I have to ask before we go though, I don't see anyone. Is there anyone here that would lo- want to speak on behalf of or against this proposal? Okay. Tim? Thank you, Mr. Bickford.
2: Commissioners?
0: Good morning.
11: Good morning. Uh, as Mr. Bickford pointed out, the study was done um, basically breaking everything down as far as for the, the food and the medical costs with the vet care, uh, and then additional costs if necessary for uh, even if it's past the redemption period. Our goal is to obviously. Uh, reunite the pets with their owner. So even if it's outside the redemption period and they're up for an adoption, it just so happens that the owner says, hey, that's my dog, and comes down and wants to adopt it, it's actually going to be a a redemption, uh, simply because they are the the true owner of the dog. Uh, The costs are fairly uh, broke down as far as the food and the direct staff costs, as you can see, as far as just the intake and the care and feeding, uh, cleaning, uh, et cetera, on that. uh, These are at today's costs. And uh, I did not take indirect costs such as utilities or the building or anything like that into consideration. And um, as it is right now, it's $15 a day. And that's been since about 2005. And that's all we're charging. That never did take into consideration any of the medical costs associated with it. So when a dog comes into our facility, we uh, are proactive in keeping any type of potential disease from spreading to the shelter and, and infecting the rest of our dogs. In particular, we do Bordetella and Distemper, and we also do flea and tick. Um, with that in mind, we deworm it too, just in case they don't have any worms. So, we, less worms that we have on our facility grounds, the less chance of any kind of reinfestation of the rest of the dogs. And so, we basically break it down. Uh, it's going to be around 1875, I believe, Here, 1850, I'm sorry, 1815 for the one time when the dog comes in within the first 24 hours. Uh, as the initial the initial contact. That's when we give it the medical treatment, and then from there, it just compounds the cost of, with the food and care. Uh, you look down a little bit further, as far as the recommended redemption fees based on the actual cost uh, incurred. Uh, we're asking for or recommending for forty-five dollars for the first day, and each additional day of twenty-five dollars. So, each day is broken down to approximately twenty-five eighteen, and we round it down and the medical cost itself uh is incurred in that first $45 plus the the day of care and, and welfare further back we have have nothing the Clement County Animal Shelter has had nothing with uh, any type of additional fees associated with dog warden or time of dog warden in particular the vehicle usage and the time just specific for a dog and in, in, in like very specific. Let's say for instance a a citizen calls and out of Moscow and says, hey, I have this dog in my backyard. Can you come and get it? Well, we may be tied up on the other side of the county at that time. Now this is a very specific trip to go down into Moscow that we have to take in consideration. At the same time off time. If there's a recall for myself or one of the deputies, that's something else we have to consider too for a very specific trip on that. Um, And that's all listed right here through the uh, recommendation as far as the average mileage and the cost of that's based on the statutory cost of the IRS and the vehicle uses I did include a few of the additional uh, re- redemption fees for the seizure and transport uh, and how it relates to our neighboring counties there's Brown County Warren County and, and Hamilton County care listed now the, the key to this is they're all humane societies so they're not, they're not using taxpayer dollars for the most part. They are actually you know a non-profit and they can raise as much money as they want and spend as much or not as much in a case like this to afford the citizens a, a, a possible uh, break if, if, if at all possible for the monies that they're able to, to uh, uh, get from non, you know, uh, fundraisers and donations and things like that. So the, the bigger that they can draw in, the more that they're able to Able to give their citizens maybe a break. Whereas here, this is taxpayer dollars, so we have to watch every penny of it, and that's what I took into consideration.
4: Questions?
5: No.
9: Just got a quick question. Tim. Yes, sir. So, in a cruelty case, are these fees going to be used to recommend to the court? cases when they have to establish the bond for, for keeping those animals during the, the case? Are we going to use these fees or, is it, or are those separate fees that we're going to use? The,
11: as far as cruelty goes, like like say a, an animal seizure itself, um, these can be used but there's actually a different scale that's used uh, in the ORC for that. Uh, I've had one case so far where we've had four <coughs> dogs and it ended up being about $2,000 of a bond that they would have to post because it's a minimum 30 days of the care and welfare that actually be based on that might have been low compared to the fees that we've done from this study now
0: any no Dale, have you received any correspondence from anyone about this hearing i have not have
4: you received any mr
11: any any correspondence regarding this no we have not
1: not as of yet
4: no pro or con or anything <coughs>
1: So, Tim, just breaking it down just a little bit. So we're kind of right in between Brown County, Hamilton County, and Warren. Your recommendation is 45 for the first day and 25 for each additional day after that?
11: That is correct, and that's based on the, how I broke everything down that, that we actually totally have involved.
12: Okay. I
11: don't, I did post on there, or at least I thought I did, I'm sorry. Uh, I believe Brown and Hamilton are minimum 10 years old as far as their fees go. So if they're in, if they're due for an increase of some sort, then obviously they have to do their own study. But that's that's how long they've had their fees established as well.
4: And ours is what 2000? 2005
11: at the minimum. That's the farthest back I could find with our records. Wow.
5: wow.
9: Tim, in addition though to those fees, then you have your transportation fees, basically. Correct.
11: Correct. Correct. Now, if it's during business normal business hours then the the minimal fee for a specific trip would be ten dollars on that. Yeah, for hours, 30. Correct.
5: Mm-hmm.
11: I will say that the majority of people that come in, they do not hesitate, no matter what we tell them. I mean obviously if we tell them an astronomical amount, they would, but they they want their dog back. Everybody, you know, if anybody has owned a, a pet or a dog especially, they're they're very fond of them and they, they seem to be that they would pay it at, at, at any cost. But here we're just asking for the minimum just to cover the taxpayers dollars um, as far as our expenses go.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, appreciate all of this information.
11: You're very welcome. Thank you. Thanks then. Thank you.
0: Thank you. So Thomas, this is something that we will come back to later? And
9: yeah, if the board wants to make any comments, but they would have to come back with a resolution to establish those meetings at a later date, but before the end of the year. OK. Mm-hmm. Greg, is it, is it scheduled for when, the resolution? Is it next week, or is it going to be the last meeting? It'll be the 28th as The 28th will be the last.
8: Uh, based on feedback from the board, um, if there's no feedback, then we will proceed with um, the study information in had we we'll
0: resolution Let me ask you this, Greg. What about staffing? Is he is he going to recommend any additional staffing? Because at one time I heard we'd like to extend our hours.
8: Well, I mean that's perfect that Mary's here. That's obviously a budget budgetary decision. Uh, he has requested, I believe, two and a half Text. And Mary, where do we leave off on the staffing for the animal shelter in the budget?
9: The, well, <laughs> right,
8: we'll probably have to do we'll probably, Yeah, that's true, yeah. Okay. yeah.
5: okay,
0: thank you. Thank you. I'm getting in trouble with Tom, I'll be quiet. Is there any <laughs> Back to Close
5: know. the public hearing?
0: We're on close the public hearing? Yeah, I will. Okay. okay, so at this time, I would take a motion to close the public hearing. I'll make that motion.
1: We didn't have any proponent or. No. Okay. Second.
0: Roll call, please. Commissioner Corcoran. Commissioner. Yes. Commissioner Painter. Yes. Commissioner Bachelor. Yes. I did
5: ask. Okay.
0: Mary, we're back to the Mary show. <laughs>
7: Excuse me, I have not had my can of Coke this morning. So oh, no. <laughs> somebody go get her
4: down. My <laughs> like caffeine. Well, wait a minute. Day. Maybe that's maybe that's good
7: though. Yeah.
5: Go
7: ahead. Maybe I could have talked faster if I had. <laughs> had, had that. All right, we left off on the other funds, other than general fund and other than the pandemic related. So we're looking here at the Health and Human Services, and these have more uh, fund types in this category than any of the others. Um, Talked about JFS um, with their public assistance, children's services, child support and workforce development funds, uh, developmental disabilities, where they had a construction project. They backed that out. And then they have had some increases in their uh, waiver services that has required increases in staff. Juvenile children's services. There's a piece of the children's services levy money that's dedicated to juvenile uh, for placement of delinquent and unruly youth that are in the court's custody. That's what you see in in this one here. Animal control, what Greg was talking about. Um, Animal control includes about $20,000 for the auditor's licensing fund out of the dog and kennel. And then the balance is for the commissioner's statutory uh, requirement for the needs and care of lost and abandoned dogs. So, okay. in general, go Maybe ahead. Maybe
4: I missed it. Um, community mental health. What did you say on that one?
7: I didn't say anything on mental health. I skipped them.
4: Okay. <laughs> okay. See, I was just making sure. It wasn't you were paying my attention. Coffee. Thank you.
7: <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> mental health. There really isn't a lot of change. So, you know, they've had some of their grants that went up and some went down um, since they're going from $9.6 million down to 9.59. you know. So there really isn't a, a lot of changes that they're seeing there. They had some staffing changes with their director retiring last year. So there's a new director and the way she's setting up her programs, uh, I think some of that's still in flux. So there was, there was just not a whole lot to say there senior services is kind of um, there's not much change in there they have the levy funds that come in we contract board contracts with Claremont senior services CTC it um, acts as a pass-through for the transportation piece of the seniors um, under a separate MOU so that that is strictly the the estimate that comes in from the levy funds so then we can we drop down to the animal control. This has the staffing level that um, Mr. Bickford has worked out with the animal shelter to determine what level of funding is needed, what level of services. So we're going from, you know, $400,000 program roughly in 2021 to close to $600,000 for this year and next year. And that's where in general fund you saw that the request was for around $300,000 in general fund contribution to supplement the, the um, license fees. If you include, you know, you increase the fees, then that amount from general fund could go down because that was not implemented, it was not planned in the budget that they presented because they didn't know where that was going to go.
1: So right now you're expecting a $612,000 commitment there, but that 612 dollars will be offset by the fees that are collected?
7: Right, any of the increased fees. Because right now that $600,000 includes general fund contributions, dog licenses, sales, kennel fees, adoption fees, um, court fines. Mm-hmm. So that's all, that's all included in there. So about half, a little better than half is covered. Around half is covered by the the dog sales programs, and then the commissioners Mm -hmm. supplement the balance. Um, Let's see. You have another question? No. Okay. The juvenile 4E and Indigent Drivers Alcohol is just what it is. There's there's grants involved and funding in there. domestic shelter, domestic violence shelter. We are statutorily required to fund a domestic violence shelter, whether it's with a local uh, shelter that um, submits an application for funding. If the board decides they don't want to uh, um, contract with that entity, the money has to go to the Ohio Attorney General, and the Attorney General then will use those funds for shelters statewide um, at their discretion. So regardless of where that money goes, we have to budget for that. So that's money that comes in from uh, divorce and marriage license annulments and, and those fees. So regardless of where that goes, I believe it was tabled. I don't know if it was ever brought back.
4: Not
7: yet. Um, but we were on a deadline, too. We're on a deadline, I believe. Um, we already, I think we've passed it. I think it was yeah. November 15th you had to um, and that's award that. So.
5: All
7: right. The section of the code is, just for your information, we want to write that down, is thirty one thirteen, thirty five, 35, and 37. So those will give you the... Um, the information. I believe I have it in this package here someplace. Thank you. All right and then uh, down under miscellaneous it's always been that septic system rehab fund that is run through our um, development office. This year we also have the One Ohio opioid settlement monies that are in there and that is coming in at that approximately 165.8 thousand dollars a year over the next 18 years unless other people join the settlement and then that allocation will be changed um, as it's needed and we this year we're putting in 331,000 which is two years worth that it's the money that came in this year and the money that's expected to come in next year In addition to these local monies that come directly to us, 55% of the total settlement is distributed to a foundation at the state level, and I believe that's still in the progress of being established. And then um, counties, entities will be applying for some of those funds, and this foundation will review the requests and grant more monies or not for those specific projects. Then 15% of the settlement monies go to the Ohio Attorney General as the Attorney of Record for Ohio. We do need to consider how we want to spend those monies. Um, They're restricted for use of evidence-based, forward-looking strategies, um, programming and services to expand treatment for those affected by substance abuse disorders, or to develop and promote and provide evidence-based prevention strategies, avoidance and awareness education, decrease the oversupply of opioids and illicit opioids, and to support recovery from addiction with qualified licensed providers. Now, with that section said, we may be able to consider using these opioid monies to offset costs for CASC. So we've we've lost about $190, $175,000, um, $192,000, I believe, in SOARS grant, like yeah. 92, mm-hmm. and uh, so we could consider using these as, as one of the uh, uses for those opioid monies. So that's in the budget this year, that's uh, new, and again Board needs to consider. They don't need for the appropriation to consider what to do with it as long as we have it budgeted. But before we can spend anything, you'll have to come back and do a resolution as to how you want to proceed with those monies. The next big group we have is the environmental and water resources. And then here, the biggest um, expense is with our water, water resources operations and in their construction projects. This is also, you'll see, it's kind of overinflated because we budget for the transfers from water and from wastewater into the combined services, which has the um, operations that support both. So you'll see it as an expense in the water or the wastewater as a transfer, but then direct expenses come out of the combined services fund. So it's kind of... um, a little bit misleading there. The, um, without the transfers, the expenditure increase is about $3.4 million next year. Uh, transfers are in the neighborhood of anywhere between 4 and $5 million over the, the history of those funds. And water resources, construction, all, that all base is based on the capital improvement plan, so depending on what's going on there. Solid waste has a recent change to add $240,000 in this year for the tornado debris and waste removal efforts out in Goshen area. They have also have some increases next year that's all based on their solid waste plan that's required annually by the Ohio EPA. Soil and water conservation includes uh, uh, several grants that they have there for wetland restoration and then um, their agricultural specialist and an urban tech inspector. General government at uh, $7.5 million is pretty pretty flat with this year, and the BCC is the liability funds where we budget for sick, sick leave and vacation leave for, um, retirees, and that's only if general fund requires it. If it's a large payout, we've got a reserve budgeted that we can move that money into the general fund. Real estate assessment under the auditor is exploring the use of independent sales analysis for the triennial update that's happening next year and also updating some Street View pictures and Eagle View contracts. Prosecutor's DTAC includes 120000 for anticipated repayment of an advance. they Their money comes in at uh, tax collection, so they, they have some staff there, so they'll have expenses before the settlement is done. So General Fund will put about $120,000 into their fund, and then when the settlements are done, we usually go back after the second-half settlement and have them repay it. Board of Elections doesn't have any grants showing. They did not... Estimate any, and the recorder's technology is just a slowing of the real estate market, which reduces the number of documents recorded. And here's another for consideration. This is the county capital fund. This is where we're we were putting in 11.5 million dollars out of the general fund to um, takes the fund up from uh, looks like 28 million to 31 million dollars. Next year, some of the projects that we have planned in here, you'll see on the left side the completion of the juvenile expansion program, the Philiger campus, uh, costs related to the 911 towers, several remodel and renovation projects, poll book replacements, HVAC uh, replacements and repairs and upgrades, our vehicle replacement programs funded through here, And also, we've added the uh, attorney building to to start next year. On the right-hand side are some requests that are considered for consideration in future years or as funding permits or um, that the the departments have submitted to us. The Board of Elections has requested again uh, a new building. Then we have some flooring, carpet, vinyl flooring requests throughout the county and various buildings, some data processing equipment requests, family support centers want some renovations up there, and then other furniture and equipment purchases. And I believe you were provided with a handout that went over some of these so that uh, you can take a look at that and see what direction you want us to go in on that. Um, we're limited to the resources in that, in that fund, and what we tried to do is that we don't have to go out and, and borrow money. So, if it's in the right-hand column, it's just not included for 2023, that does not mean it's not in the five-year plan somewhere down, uh, down the road. So that's what you had to to take a look at. Internal service funds, we have uh, four of those. We have our health insurance program for all county um, offices. We have our fleet maintenance program, our telecommunications, which take care of all the telephones in the county, and then our workers' comp fund. Uh, The only thing really of note here is with the workers' comp. It includes the, um, BWC rebates that we've received Uh, they sent some of those back to the specific funds 2.9 million in 2020 and 3.1 million in 2021 we don't have any more of those rebates coming in in 2022 and 23 we're planning on using some of the um, monies that were left into that fund for some safety and security concerns some updates that fit the uses of workers' compensation funds. Transportation includes the engineer and CTC and also the, uh, the RIDs. The engineers estimated uh, $5.2 million for road projects, including resurfacing. Uh, Jeremy went through his um, presentation last week. We have $1.8 million in bridge projects and then a $1 million for the TID. Transportation Improvement District. Uh, CTC has some um, CARES money that came into there. So they're budgeting to be fully staffed, and also to, um, for about 900000 for the purchase of some vehicles, park and ride, shelter repairs, um, maintenance, and a routing system from various grants. So they've got some grant monies in there. And both of those agencies are really impacted with the rising fuel costs. So those have all been built into theirs. The next slide shows you other funding sources related to our criminal justice system. Uh, Juvenile has got the reclaim monies, and I told you that they've got they've had some changes from the state level of what can be spent out of there, so they've been doing some adjustments in that in that realm. Uh, sheriff includes his contract funds, which is where he. He has contracts with the townships and other entities for um, sheriff services. Services. They also have uh, school resource officers into in that fund. They have requested that uh, they change the sharing of the school resource officers from 100% funding to where the county shares 50-50, similar to what the townships, they wanted to mirror those. Um, Right now, there is a sufficient fund balance in the contract fund to cover that. That has built up from um, over the years for where the vehicles, the money, the share of the vehicles that's paid by the townships goes into that fund, but we purchased them out of county capital. So there have been some differences there, plus the, uh, the way the officer's salary is estimated versus the actual salary. So there's been some build-up, and we've been looking at that fund. Um, and if the board is conducive to, you know, the, the um, sheriff's request, and you would still have to um, sign the contracts for the share shared cost of those uh, other things that are in the sheriff's. Are um, concealed carry, narcotics unit. They have some forfeiture funds. They're still waiting uh, court case settlements. Um, DUI Enforcement and Education Fund, which is about run out as well as Continuing Professional Education Fund, which is basically going away. Common and please a Municipal Court, just have a little bit of grant monies that help relieve the pressure on general fund for, for those programs. Judicial, we have our Law Library. Their funding mostly comes from uh, traffic court fines. And they also have additional monies come where they charge other departments for access for their West Law. They maximize the cost for the West Law access in order to um, provide that countywide to attorneys and at a lower rate. But then they bill us, bill the general fund or the other offices, and then they have to reimburse it to the Law Library. Municipal clerk utilizes computerization funds for basically the, uh, comp man- the case management system, and that also covers the municipal court's IT staff person. Prosecutor's advocate grant has been reduced over the, years, the past couple of years, um, which has required some of the staffing to be shifted over into the general fund. Juvenile Court had a technology grant in 2021, their special project fund. They also have uh, victims of crime assistance, uh, federal monies that are in there, as well as uh, that covers money from the Attorney General for CASA, which is a court-appointed special advocate program. They have some computer funds and family dependency treatment and family recovery court program that is funded in outside of the general fund. Juvenile court, common pleas, clerk and probate, they all use their computerization monies to some degree for the support of their case management program. That system is being replaced out of the capital fund, but the courts are providing funding for that and the um, county has dedicated maximum of 800,000, which is estimated to be half of the, that re- replacement program. They've also received a couple one-time grants that is going to help reduce the general fund, or the county capital share. Uh, domestic Special Project Fund uh, will include a part-time magistrate in 23, as well as some legal research materials and training and then 2022, they, they're putting 400000 towards the replacement of the View program. Economic and community development. The, this is basically the planning and development capital fund and CDBG funds that are on this page. Um, the planning and development capital fund is for the track project phases eight and nine hopefully you understand where that's coming from, Uh, will likely be needed by ODOT during the first half of 2023. So we included that in the budget. In 2022, 2 million went to the TID for the Icolds roundabout. CDBG, you're seeing an uptick in that one because uh, they're starting to catch up, get moving on some of their CDBG projects um, so that's become a priority for that, that office. So you'll see that in 2022 and 2023. We have some debt funds that are basically special assessments now. That's, that's all that's in here. Uh, one shows as general obligation, but it's actually the olive branch stone lick assessment that was rolled into a refunding, uh, the general uh, obligation fund. That will be paid off next year. So the only things left are the assessments and those are just based on the individual amortization of those those assessments. The uh, Public Safety is the Emergency Management Fund. FEMA, if we receive any FEMA monies, we had something in 2021. And then the Wireless 9-11 Fund. Um, Emergency Management includes a Greater Cincinnati Hazardous Materials Unit contract. And that's tied to the population of the county. Um, And it supports a director, a couple other positions, and um, the LAPC includes a functional exercise. Wireless revenues have remained substantially flat. However, it looks like the revenues or the fund balance should support a share of the four supervisors out of 911 again this year. Uh, that had been proposed by DPSS to move those totally out. But a, a review of the fund looks like they'll have sufficient balance to continue that at least another year. We've been watching that on a year to year because we're seeing those 911 revenues flattening or even starting to, to reduce. So at some point, those uh, supervisors will probably come back to the general fund. But right now, 15% is planned to come out of there. This is just kind of a summary of what we just went over in more detail, so you can can see the different um, the different type funds. so we're looking at expenses of two hundred and eighty one million dollars next year so. Far cry, you know, general fund is looking at around 85 million. When I started with the county 100 years ago, the first budget I did was about seven million dollars.
1: Mm-hmm.
7: Wow. So it's, we've grown. We have really grown.
1: Amazing. <clears throat> but something that catches your eye on this is there's a drastic jump here between 21 and 22, <clears throat> from 164 million to 256 million. Yes. And then on up another, you know. 30, yeah, 25 million to 281.
7: Yeah, a good portion of that you'll see it's, you know, our, our projects, our capital projects are our, our piece of that. Um, and yeah, the COVID monies that came in. Mm-hmm. So you're going to see that drop down because we're not receiving any of that uh, pandemic related monies anymore. Mm-hmm. So that gave us a big boost.
1: Couple eye catchers there are health and human services that, from 57 to 76, environmental water resources from 46 million to 72 million.
7: Well, they're moving right along with projects, mm-hmm. and that's the the bulk of it. Yep.
1: Everything else, other than the COVIDs, are kind of yeah, the COVID, in line.
7: Yeah, the COVID money. You know, that was forty million dollars that came yep. in, um, nine million dollars last year. So um, those aren't going to be here next year. Yep. In, in revenues, and the expenses are starting to draw it down.
1: Couple of thing. Couple of things we kind of talked about, but we didn't. Was one is the movement through the state is to. Um, they're requesting during a lame duck 100% indigent defense, including the new revised amount. In other words, they're asking the state to say whatever that cost is, you refund 100%. That
7: would be nice.
1: So that's that. That's been a request that you know may may come to fruition. It's possible. The,
7: the final final. Sh- um. Slide really just breaks it down by fund type. So um, general fund operating, it's a fund type, so it really includes those liability funds in there. Uh, special revenue funds, by and large, are the biggest fund type we have, and those are restricted. You you can't use those for anything except what the fund was established for. So even though it's the largest fund there. If it's for a levy, if it's for a particular grant, you can't touch that for anything except what it, what it was for. Uh, the capital is what capital is. It's the, the projects that we're planning. Um, Enterprise is pulling down some funds um, in their five-year plan. And again, the outside agencies, those are the mental health, the family and children first, uh, DD. Those are the outside agencies, um, soil and water conservation district.
1: And then one of the requests, to Mary, is for poll books. Okay. <clears throat> There's a request in the state for them to reimburse all the board of elections 100%. for the cost of poll books. So.
7: Okay. We saw something where the state was going to provide, um, I don't remember the dollar amount. but It, uh, so it was $85,000 to $100,000. We have
13: 85000 included in the capital plan. Two hundred and sixty, yeah. For right. revenue. For revenue. To the 260.
7: Yeah, and then we have two hundred and sixty for the difference for what our expenses. So if the state comes through with that, then two hundred and sixty that we have planned in county capital isn't necessary.
1: The only other request that's in there, which you know is a hard uphill climb, is to reinstate the local government fund to three point six eight percent to all yeah. to all entities across the state. So that would go from one point six six to three point six eight, mm-hmm. which would be a huge, a nice increase. Huge ask.
7: Right, that's been talked about for a while though, too. Mm-hmm. So I don't know whether we're going to see that or not. Right now, what's in the general fund for local government is based on the, the state's 5. estimate. Yeah, the one point six six. Yeah. So this is the end of my presentation. Um, we really need to have input from you, discussion, if you want to go back to those slides that talked about uh, the additional general fund monies that are being requested. Um, you can. We can talk about them here so that we, we know what we need to go back and uh, add to this draft before next week. Uh, you're Thinking about what if you're thinking about a salary um, action, where where are your mind's going in that direction, at uh, 279,000 per 1%. Um, the, the various staffing requests. I believe that you've also been provided with something from the prosecuting attorney. Uh, municipal court and from common pleas regarding their staffing requests um, and I believe we shared with you the uh, number of prosecutors and public defenders to see the comparison of what's in and what because of the uh, public defender also requesting additional staff. And Mary, I
0: know also Mr. Pappas is Interested in adding additional people to extend hours and everything <coughs> like at the animal shelter? Right. So like for us to look at that.
7: Mm-hmm. Yeah, because right now what's in this draft is basically funding at.
9: Can we add an additional
7: one? Additional
8: one and a half. It's one and a half. It's, there's also, I believe, there's a part-time receptionist in there. Or no, I'm sorry, part-time vet tech. Vet tech. Well, it's one kennel tech and a part-time vet tech. full-time panel tax, part-time vet tech, and part-time receptionist. So we funded about half of that
14: in the current budget. Mm-hmm. Right. But,
7: um, right. And an increase in base pay is another thing that's being discussed.
9: But
4: also Mr. Eichel um, did obtain um, requests for statistics that we put in to ask for the backup to what some of the increases in the departments to support their requests. For us to, to review. Right. Yeah. So we we have those to review. You have those. To know.
9: Mm-hmm.
4: Give us some backup and just saying, okay, add this person or take that one off.
9: So the salary action last yes. year was 5 percent. So we had 3 percent merit base and 2 percent across the board. Right. So that's what we did last year. Uh, based on the comments and the feedback we've gotten, um, I think they're expecting at least that.
7: At least and that. There's yes. also
9: conversation about one-time increases, which a lot a lot of agencies refer to as retention bonuses right i don't know if the board has any thoughts on first just our salary actions for next year
1: at this time but you're you're looking for some feedback i am looking for feedback yes so so let me give you some feedback um looking down through these actual requests um I guess juvenile courts asking for a probation compliance officer correct I would be amenable to that um, prosecuting attorney is looking for a whole lot of positions but I understand that they need one uh, felony attorney added to that I- I'm amenable to that um, you know we've had I think 11, 11 murder cases that they've had to field. Um, public defender was asking for a, uh, a felony attorney I'm am amenable to that. The public defender, you know, any time that we can help them out if it's a legitimate request. The sheriff for overtime isn't okay with me. The treasurer for a seasonal employee, that's okay. And then uh, a 5% salary action. But I wanna see it added in and see right, what Right, uh, you wanna see the numbers. Purpose, yeah.
7: And I was just wanted to verify the uh, prosecutor. You said you'd be in favor of the felony attorney.
1: Yes.
4: If they were also requesting um, paralegal, etc.
7: Paralegal, civil.
4: It isn't just one employee then. Mm-hmm. So all of it?
1: <clears throat> no, I don't mean long. all of it. Just, just the, uh, just the cost of the felony attorney.
7: With.
4: And I, I'd ask that also include the paralegal support, which is what they're asking for. I guess my one my one um, question that came up um, because the library has the licensure for the Westlaw. Um, Mr. Eigel, didn't the um, prosecutors
7: also put in one an I think increase? Cover, I think that's covered. It's, covered. it's covered. It is covered. It's covered. Mm-hmm. In but 2022, the law library discounted. Uh, Like 65% because they had some CARES money that was provided to them. But next year, since that money is gone, we had to increase it not only by the 3% that Westlaw is actually going up, but to pick up that difference from that discount that the law library had provided last year.
4: But isn't the prosecutor asking for
7: other licensure on top of that, or am I wrong? Asking for what,
0: Claire?
7: They're asking for some additional funding, funding for um, but I think they put in 7% for West Law, but when I checked with Law Library, it's only a 3%.
4: Okay, that's, okay, that's where,
7: good. Um, there was one
4: other item, though, that was on here, um, which was the Clerk
7: of the Municipal Court. Mm-hmm. Um, They're asking for, it's about $182,000 plus fringes, so it's about... Uh, 390000 for establishing a second shift, five employees on a second shift, plus they wanted some increases for, they gave some increases this year to some of their staff. They want to give additional increases to some of their staff, and then they also want some more overtime to cover Saturday work and bond hearings, 10 bond hearings a year. And this is above and beyond what they currently have.
4: I'm gonna ask for, um, I'm gonna still review that. Okay. Um, I did put in a request for some more information on that. And I believe there were, what, 10 filings that
9: were? Yeah, in this past year.
4: Yeah, and, um, but my, my other thing was on the flex schedule. I also, instead of the overtime and five additional staff, I wanted to look at that pay scale a little further. Um,
7: let's see. And some of these, um, like you see, the common police clerk and the common police court and probation, they're wanting increases. And again, it's it's the same issue that we're seeing across the county: right. trouble keeping people and getting people. So they're trying to do some retention issues there, and they're just afraid that if if the board goes with, let's say, a five percent increase, and that's all that they give to their staff, that they're still, their staff is now going to be behind yet again because of what in other counties, you know, when they look at comps. That was their concern and why they're asking for it.
9: Correct, Mary, so they, what they saw in their comps is that they are behind. They are behind. So if We just keep up with the other counties <clears throat> they're going to continue to be behind by about 4%. Right,
7: and that was common pleas, common pleas and common pleas probation. Um, common pleas clerk, I don't believe, brought in more comps.
1: But but clarify that just for a second. When we when we make a five percent, um, what they actually get is five percent of their salary outlay. That that comes to them an elected official in a in a bulk amount. Yes, it does. Yeah. <clears throat> and there's nothing there that guarantees that they give every person within their purview a five percent increase.
7: That's correct.
1: They may give somebody they want to retain eight percent or nine percent of that money, and then they may give someone that's they're having problems with that. they're trying to motivate um, 2%. Correct. You know, depending on what that is. So really, I look at that as a bell curve. You know, it gives them the opportunity to curve those increases the way they want it. You know, only the represented employees, when we negotiate salaries, does that event, you know, go across to each person that's involved, so.
7: Right, when, you, when we budget for the 5%, it's a lump sum going to that official, and then the official, it's up to them how they, how they allocate and
1: then that out. And then even if we were to entertain, let, let's just say, a, a, a bonus for each person, and that gets placed into their salary, there's nothing here that, that keeps an elected official from uh, using that money to give one of their people an additional uh, a raise that you would have to then obviously incur for the next years of their working career
7: the intent you're right 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 what what the elected official does with that salary budget is up to them right however they are supposed to when they provide increases and they submit those to the county auditor for payroll the auditor should be amortizing that over the whole year so that they can say wait a minute on a full year basis you don't have enough money to to do these whether that happens
1: or not, I don't but, know. But typically, what's been happening, and everybody's kind of caught on to, when a requisition goes unfilled, that uh, underrun is used to provide raises to employees, and then at the next budgetary request, the request is to fill that that open position, which which drives that salary outlay to the right. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, I think this board is aware of that. Is. Yes. You know, that and so uh, you know that's something that that needs some management attention. No, no question.
7: Mm-hmm. Yeah, there have been times where um, departments, even under the boards, would give out the in, part of the monies from a position, but it's basically because those people are picking up those duties in that position that is either going to go away or it's going to be filled at a lesser, um, a lesser amount and lesser. Uh, responsibility level or, or something it, so.
1: And the only reason I bring that up is because it, it's basically driving the budget com- commitment mm-hmm. and then it takes away that decision making process from this board really. right?
7: There were several people, um, several departments where we budgeted this year and they gave increases halfway through the year or the last quarter of the year that bumped if we continued to bu- budget for that Level staffing at those rates, we had to increase their budgets by twenty-six thousand dollars, sixty thousand uh, dollars, just for them to keep the status quo. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And
4: then, and then on top of that, we're talking about a one-time bonus, which could be split out, you know, and based upon the evaluations, also to be distributed by. But don't we have some departments that have already given bonuses, or?
9: Yes. Yeah. Step so then. On
4: you. Go ahead.
7: Sorry.
9: I think we've had uh, uh, public health. Public health. At what, November of this year? They gave them,
7: I believe it was last year. Um, public. We don't budget 21. for public health. Yeah, of 21. Yeah. They gave 21.
9: some airs money out for increase yeah. mm-hmm. in retention.
7: Board of Elections had some. Then yeah. 20.
1: And and the thing to be sensitive on that is the money that would be available for those types of activities is money that the county received and, you know, as taxpayer money at the tune of $40 million. And using that money for employees obviously takes away the opportunity to be able to relay that money back to the taxpayers that actually foot the bill for that. I have been a real proponent of you know investing that money in roadway or investing that money in infrastructure or uh sewers and in water treatment because that way all all it benefits uh, yeah everybody in Claremont county gets a benefit and that's where it came from um you know during the pandemic one of the things is no one here lost a job no one went without a paycheck not not one week you know there were many many private businesses in this county and across this nation that people went home and they wondered how they were going to make the rent or they were going to pay the pay the bills. That was not the case here in Claremont County. So, um, you know, when the taxpayers money is, is actually used and given back to the county, you know, um, you have to be very, very sensitive in the fact of, uh, relaying that back to employees in the form of bonuses. When those that actually foot the bill for that were, were impacted the most so that's that's my two cents on that one it's always a It's always a good discussion to have
7: it is
4: and and to add to that, we also spent a lot of money providing laptops and information to support people. but then let's go on the other side of the coin for those people who the different departments know stepped up and came in even when times were bad and had to and I'll just use. Job and Family Services is an example that were exposed to all kinds of of things Mm -hmm. day in and day out and had Mm -hmm. to come into work and did show up when other people were just sitting at home. I mean, that that gives them an opportunity to reward those people, which they service the people in the county. They took Mm -hmm. care of those out there. When I I think of just even the intake people coming in and asking for food stamps or coming in and, and asking for rental assistance. Um, they were actually providing services to the county, so you have two sides that we really need yeah. to weigh at this point.
1: And you know, to to add on that, I mean, and there are ways that other departments have found to to seek grants for those particular sure. services. I know, Susan, you've been sure. you've been very, very proactive uh, to do that, and, uh, and and that is true. I mean, people people stepped up and went beyond the the call of duty. No, no, no doubt about that. There's a side of me that says a bonus is a great thing. But you know, as an employee for many years, I I would have rather had it in a merit, you know, I would have rather had it in something that uh, compounds itself over my working career, you know, uh, bonuses are one time money, you get them, they're spent, they're gone. Uh, Merit increases are 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 a much better. much better way to do that, you know. Then you have the increase over your entire career, and okay. and at the end when you retire, that's that's where it shows the most. So,
7: right bonuses one time do not count towards your opers. Yeah, mm-hmm.
1: right. Yeah,
9: but you can keep we have a lot to go over. The merit based pay is for the BCC departments. And if anybody has in the bargaining unit that we match. Right. It's different than right. The, yes, Mr. it is. What you're speaking of, which is that lump sum that you're getting to. The elected official they may not have merit-based pay so right right if it's 5% they'll get 5% we -hmm. break it down for the BCC employees
1: yep
7: okay thanks Mary anybody else have any thoughts guidance Guidance? mr. Painter said 5% salary actions do I hear six, seven, two? <laughs> <laughs> like
1: once, twice. You got to do it like an auctioneer. You got to, you know. I got five. I got five. I haven't had sit. my
7: coke. I'm sorry, I can't talk that fast.
0: Somebody get this lady a coke.
1: <laughs> right.
7: There's one sitting in the refrigerator.
0: Yeah. I'd have to go along with the five if we put out a number today.
7: And what I'll do, whatever feedback you give me on on any of these changes, these additional requests, I will go back and we'll be putting those together into this so you can see the changes and how it impacts the fund balance. So, you know, the additional felony and and the prosecutor and the public defender, um, the 5% salary action, uh, anything else that um, you want me to go back and look at,
1: do you have a particular time frame you need us to get back with you? You're
7: adopting it next Wednesday, so uh, <laughs> it's gotta be pretty good. generally the board of county commissioners would like us to have everything to them by noon on Friday for the next week.
5: Got
4: it. Got it. <laughs> I'll get with you. I'll okay. So. With you. Thanks, Mayor. Thanks okay. Mary. Thanks, Mary. All right. Thank you. Right.
0: Moving on to item D, public participation item E consent agenda board you've had this in time to review do I have a motion to approve
4: I'll make the motion second okay.
0: who's clicking I oh. thought thought somebody was trying <laughs> to I was like <laughs> what <laughs> roll call Gail <laughs> Commissioner Corcoran yes Commissioner Painter yes Commissioner Bachelor. yes moving on to item f non-consent agenda it is the um, recommendation that the board of county commissioners adopt resolution number 173-22 resolving to approve payment to vendors in the total amount of two million four hundred and fifty one thousand seventy seven dollars and thirty eight cents as set forth in the bcc approval invoice report for checks stated December fifth, 2022, BCC Directed Prepaid Invoice Report and or the Procurement Card Transaction Report as presented by the County Auditor on December second, 2022, and further authorizing the County Auditor to issue warrants for same pursuant to Section 319.16 of the Ohio Revised Code. Do I have a motion to approve?
1: So move.
4: I'll second.
0: Roll call, please. Commissioner Painter? Yes. Commissioner Corcoran? Yes. Commissioner Bachelor, Yes.
13: Emily, she went to get a Coke. You're up. Okay, so I have a recommendation to accept the proposal submitted by Arthur J. Gallagher Risk Management Services, entitled Insurance Program Renewal Proposal for Quotes from Carriers for the Purchase of Property Casualty, Liability, Excess Liability, and Employee Dishonesty and Faithful Performance of Duty Insurance for the County of Claremont for the period of 1231, 2022 through 12-30 of 2023 at an annual premium of $997,025 and further to authorize Bonnie Batcher, President of the Board, or Thomas J. Igle, County Administrator, to execute any and all documents and as it relates thereto.
0: Thank you, Emily. Board, you've heard the reading of item number 14. Do I have a motion to approve? Motion. I'll
4: second. Fight over it. <laughs> no, that's fine. I'll let him do it.
0: Roll call, please. Commissioner Painter? Yes. Commissioner Corcoran? Yes. Commissioner Batchelor? Yes. Thank you.
3: morning, Susan. Um, Item 15 is a recommendation to execute a memorandum of understanding between the Claremont County Department of Job and Family Services, Claremont County Board of Developmental Disabilities, and the Claremont County Mental Health and Recovery Board to provide for reimbursement of cost to the appropriate county agency based on services provided to children and residential treatment and or group home placement, as well as for intensive family reunification services for children who are under the care or custody court order of the Claremont County Department of Job and Family Services, Claremont County Board of Developmental Disabilities and or custody of their parent and or legal guardian for an estimated amount of $50,000 effective for the period of January 1st, 2023, through December 31st, 2023, pursuant to the terms and conditions and contingent upon the adoption of the annual appropriations for fiscal year 2023 and the assurance of a purchase order. Thank you.
0: Well, we've had the reading of item number 15. Do I have a motion to approve? make the motion. Second. Any discussion? No. Roll call, please. Commissioner Corcoran. Yes. Commissioner Painter. Yes. Commissioner Bachelor. Yes. Number 16.
3: Okay. Item number 16 is a recommendation to execute amendment number two of the Subgrant agreement between the county of Claremont, Ohio and Claremont County Community Services Incorporated at 3003 Hospital Drive, Batavia, Ohio 45103. Previously ratified by the Board of County Commissioners on 9-28-2021 and amended on 8 3 22 for the provision of Emergency Rental Assistance, ERA-2, program services to Claremont County, Ohio, with said Amendment number 2 to revise the line item budget to reflect an increase in the budget from $3,413,000. Forty-nine and fifty cents to four million eight hundred and seventy five thousand seven hundred and eighty five, which represents an increase in the amount of 1 million four hundred and sixty two thousand seven hundred and thirty five dollars and fifty cents as outlined in the revised ERA2 program budget attached thereto and incorporated therein at a, at, as exhibit 2, with all other terms and conditions of the original sub agreement and amendment to remain in effect. Thank you.
0: Board, we've had the reading of item number 16. Do I have a motion to approve? So moved. Second. Any discussion? Roll call, please. Commissioner Painter? Yes. Commissioner Corcoran? Yes. Commissioner Batchelor? Yes. 17.
3: Okay, item number 17 is a recommendation to execute a Title 4 d contract between the Department of Job and Family Services, Division of Child Support Enforcement and Claremont County Prosecuting Attorney at 76 South Riverside Drive, second floor, Batavia, Ohio 45103 for the purchase of services relative to child support enforcement, including legal services on criminal non-support cases at the rate of $92.53 per unit hour for a total of 1,628 units in an amount not to exceed $150,639.19, effective for the period of January 1, 2023 through December 31, 2023, pursuant to the terms and conditions and contingent upon the adoption of the annual appropriation for fiscal year 2023 and the assurance of a purchase order.
0: Or, you've heard the reading of item number 17. Do I have a motion to approve? Make the motion.
1: So move. Second.
0: Whichever. Huh? Right. <laughs> Any discussion? No. Roll call, please. Commissioner Corcoran. Yes. Commissioner Painter. Yes. Commissioner Batchelor. Yes.
3: Number 18. Okay. Item 18 is a recommendation to reappoint the following representatives to serve on the Claremont County Family Service Planning Committee for the purpose of gathering public input in reviewing and making program recommendations and developing and maintaining a community plan to implement Ohio Works First, pursuant to and in compliance with Section <clears throat> 329.06 of the Ohio Revised Code and other programs established under Chapter 5107, Ohio Work First, Works First Program and Chapter, Chapter 5108, Prevention, Retention, and Contingency Plan of the Ohio Revised Code. Um, those recommendations are Regina Campbell, who is the Managing Attorney at Legal Aid Society of Greater Cincinnati, and Bill Haas, who is not the interim director, which it says here, but it actually he is the director of Community Services. Was that review? Okay. Claremont Senior Services. Oh, that's
0: it. I'm
5: sorry. I was done with that one. <laughs>
0: We've had the reading of item number 18. Do I have a motion to approve? So moved. I will second. Any discussion? Roll call, please. Commissioner Painter? Yes. Commissioner Batchelor? Yes. Commissioner Corcoran?
3: Thank you. 19. Item 19 is a recommendation to adopt resolution number 174-22 resolving to assign authority to the director of Department of Job and Family Services to serve as the Board of Claremont County Commissioner's designee for electronically completing and submitting inter-county adjustment agreements for calendar year 2023 to the County Finance Information System, CFS, for consideration of approval by the Ohio Department of Job and Family Services to allow for inter-county adjustments of the Department of Job and Family Services, DJFS, Allocated funds effective for the period of January 1st, 2023 through December 31st, 2023, and in compliance with Rule 5101, semicolon 9, dash 6, dash 82 of the Ohio Administrative Code. Thank you.
0: Board, you've heard the reading of item number 19. Do I have a motion to approve? I'll make the motion. Second. Any discussion? Roll call, please. Commissioner Corcoran. Yes. Commissioner Painter? Yes. Commissioner Batchelor? Yes. Thank you, Susan. Okay. Thank you. You guys have a good day. Hi, Suki. Good afternoon, Board. How are you? Good. How are you? All right. Item 20 is a recommendation to adopt Resolution 17522, which will resolve to declare the necessity to purchase one new motor vehicle as a replacement for the Claremont County Engineer. This is at an estimated price of $106,549. With funds appropriated from calendar year 22, pursuant to section 307.41 of the revised code. This will be one tandem axle dump truck. We're gonna try and get it on order this year. We had planned on it next year, but we wanna get it in that cycle. It's just An unknown when we (coughs) ever see it. When you're going to get it,
1: new. I saw that price. I was like, that's one big vehicle.
0: That is actually the chassis and cab only. It's not the upfitting for the dump. That will we'll use next year's money and get that appropriated. Uh, This is under ODOT cooperative purchasing, um, and we do the upfitting off of a source well cooperative. Thank you, C.P. Board. You've heard the reading item number 20. Do I have a motion to approve? So move. I'll second. Any discussion? Roll call, please. Commissioner Payner? Yes. Commissioner Corcoran? Yes. Commissioner Batchelor? Yes. Thank you. It's yeah. finally your turn, Lyle. Yes. You.
12: Item 21 is a recommendation to award the bid for furnishing delivery of chemicals for the Claremont County Water Works System pursuant to the specifications. Um, to the following vendor as the lowest and best bid received on October 13, 2022, for total cost of $236,520, effective one 23 through 12-31-23. Um, this is for uh, with Chemtrade Chemicals Corporation out of Persippany, New Jersey, for aluminum sulfate. Um, this is only the award of bid. Uh, they have to update, they have to correct their uh, Bureau of Workers' Comp Certificate once that's corrected we'll come back with a contract a recommendation to award the contract we have 60 days from the date of the bid opening to make the award so that's what we're doing on this one
0: or okay. you've heard the reading item number 21 do I have a motion to approve I'll make the motion second any discussion roll call please Commissioner Corcoran yes Commissioner Painter yes Commissioner Bachelor. yes
12: 22. Item number 22 is also a recommendation to award the bid and to execute the contracts for furnishing and delivery of chemicals for the county waterworks system pursuant to the specifications to the following vendors as the lowest and best bids received on October 13, 2022, for a total cost of $1,041,880.20, effective 1123 through 123123. Um, in compliance to the terms and conditions uh, and the award of bids um, and contingent upon the adoption of the annual appropriations for 2023. Uh, the first bidder is Brentag Mid-South out of Georgetown, Kentucky, for chlorine in the amount of $156,840. And these are estimated annual amounts. Uh, the next is Bonded Chemicals Incorporated out of Columbus, Ohio, for hydrofluosilicic acid. And the amount of fifty thousand three hundred sixty nine dollars and also bonded chemicals out of columbus uh, for caustic soda and the amount of five hundred twenty six thousand one hundred sixty dollars and the last is marabini america corporation out of harrison new york for potassium permanganate in the amount of seventy one thousand nine hundred ninety one dollars and twenty cents and just to touch a little bit on chemical costs i know you saw just saw the budgets and. Lots of numbers there and, and increases um, from from last year or this year. The 22 contract amounts to the 23 contract amounts. We're seeing a over a 29 percent increase overall to our chemical costs, and just from 2020 to to 23, it's a over 88 percent increase.
0: I know from having a pool how much it went up yeah chemi-
12: uh, chlorine is the, by far the largest increase oh, no. out of all of them
0: okay board you've had the reading of item number 22 do i have a motion to approve
1: The so move
4: i'll second
0: roll call please commissioner painter yes commissioner corcoran yes. commissioner bachelor yes thank can you can i um, make a correction real quick Absolutely. um in there it should be a four a total cost of 805 360 20 in the motion itself we took out the 236 520 for chem trade so i just want to make sure
4: what was it corrected to
0: it's corrected to the actual motion itself this is correct down here but this still has the larger number okay the okay
1: million 41 is incorrect. that's that yes it should
0: be the 805 gotcha thank you all right no problem Michael <laughs>
12: Good morning, commissioners. Good morning. Good
15: morning. Michael McNamara, Director of Community and Economic Development. Item number 23 is a recommendation to authorize the Claremont County Port Authority to act as a lead entity on behalf of the Claremont County Board of Commissioners for the submission of the technical assistance grant request for round one of the Appalachian Community Grant Program under the Ohio Department of Development and also to authorize the Board of County Commissioners to execute a letter of support in favor of the grant submission so this is that um large competitive grant we're teaming up with brown adams scioto counties working with the OVRDC and the claremont county port authority we're looking forward to a strong application
0: thank you michael Board you've heard the reading of item number 23 do i have a motion to approve I make the motion.
1: second
4: any discussion just Roll call. sorry just thank you for all your work on this thank and your you. team we have a great team. Yes, you do.
1: I think it's going to be great.
0: I, want, I just want to add, your department was spoken very highly of at the OVRTC meeting oh, Thursday.
15: Right. Thank you very so much.
0: They appreciate all your hard work.
15: We look forward to working with them over the course of the next three years on this program. Yeah.
0: Roll call, please, Gail. Commissioner Corcoran. Yes. Commissioner Painter. Yes. Commissioner Bachelor. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. All right.
14: Item number 24 is a recommendation that the Board of County Commissioners acknowledge the submission of the application for the Local Assistance and Tribal Consistency Fund as well as the receipt of grant funds in the total amount of $100,000 to be received in two installments of $50,000, with one installment already received and the second to be received in early 2023 from the U.S. Department of the Treasury. Um, and for the use of these funds to be determined by the Ca- Claremont County Commissioners in compliance with the terms and conditions outlined by the U.S. Department of the Treasury.
0: Thank you. Board you've heard the reading of Item Number 24, do I have a motion to approve? So I move. I second. Any discussion?
1: I had made a call back while I was up at the EU C- the uh, LUCC meeting, because the Assistant Secretary of Treasury had said that these funds that were available to many, many counties throughout the United States that more than eight hundred counties had not filled out the registration required to actually get those checks. My even knowledge. though even though that money can be used anything for any governmental purpose. Yeah,
14: and that application to yeah. sign up is this you put in your routing number and that's about it. And <laughs> they send you the money. So So I that's immediately shocking. sent
1: a sent a text back to Tom and I was like, did we register yeah. for that? Yeah. <laughs> because when he said 800 plus, I was like, oh my god." Yeah,
14: anything other than lobbying, they're really pretty lenient with it, so. Yeah. They Great. said
1: it was pretty easy.
14: Yeah. It is. Thank you. Thank you. Did
0: we do roll call? Not yet. <laughs> okay. Mm-hmm. Commissioner Painter? Yes. Commissioner Corcoran? Yes. Commissioner Batchelor? Yes. Thank you. They're back.
15: Hello again, Commissioners. Item number 25 is a recommendation to adopt Resolution 176-22, approving the execution of an Ohio Enterprise Zone Agreement between the Union Township Board of Trustees, Claremont County Board of Commissioners, and Total Quality Logistics, LLC, the developer, located at 4289 Ivy Point Boulevard, Cincinnati, Ohio, 45245, for the granting of a 10% tax exemption for 10 years on real property improvements as part of THE PROJECT IDENTIFIED IN THE AGREEMENT WITH EXEMPTIONS COMMENCING NO LATER THAN DECEMBER 31, 2025, AND NOT EXTEND BEYOND DECEMBER 31, 2034, pursuant TO THE HIGHER ADVISED CODE SECTIONS 5709.61 THROUGH 5709.69 IN COMPLIANCE WITH THE INVESTMENT BY TOTAL QUALITY LOGISTICS LLC FOR EXPANSION OF THE COMPANY'S HEADQUARTERS LOCATED IN UNION TOWNSHIP FOR THE PURPOSES OF EXPANSION AND RETENTION OF ECONOMIC DEVELOPMENT, THE PRESERVATION AND CREATION OF EMPLOYMENT OPPORTUNITIES all within the designated boundaries of the Rural Jobs and Enterprise Zone in the, Claremont, in the County of Claremont, Ohio, and further, to direct the Clerk of the Board to certify the action for the Department of Community and Economic Development to forward the certification and agreement to the Ohio Department of Development, the Ohio Department of Taxation, and the Claremont County Auditor. And this is uh, a project out at uh, Ivy Point, this is the third expansion for TQL. It is a uh, $44 million expansion. We also have uh, members from the township, as well as uh, TQL, if there are any questions from the board.
1: Quite question on this particular one? I'm not, I'm not against doing this whatsoever. I am just not sure that all the prerequisites that need to be done to actually set up this enterprise zone have actually been completed in the timeframes that they are required. My request would be, uh, I don't know everything there is to know about this. I would really like to have our prosecutor's office take a look at this and make sure that the dates that are in the legislation, dates like October 1 for filing this this agreement, and the fact that um, you're supposed to have an approval by the uh, Department of Development prior to proceeding with this, um, which we're asking for now, prior to the project actually starting. So um, th- that would be mine. Okay. There's some clarification here that that can be discussed today, or or where this is at. i, I I'd be open to it, but uh, I I don't believe that that is the case.
15: Okay. Um. I do have uh, Dan Gabbard, who's the facilities manager, uh, real, estate director, yeah. real estate director. Thank you at uh, Total Quality Logistics who may be able to answer some of the questions as well as uh, Susan Ayers, who's the administrator at Union Township. Uh, so I'd invite them uh, to answer any of the questions, but the specific question, uh, Commissioner, if you can restate it, please, is you. Um,
1: well, my first question would be, uh, has this paper, obviously this paperwork has not been approved at this date, is that correct? there's been has there been a petition actually made to the Ohio Department of Development and the the approval actually received
15: no it's my understanding that in the Enterprise Zone uh, application that comes to us once it goes through the Township it's approved by the Commissioners then it goes uh, to the Department of Development uh, the Department of Taxation as well as the county auditor's office
1: prior to the start of the project Yes. A- has the project started?
16: So the building project has not started to this point. What you're seeing currently on the side is parking development,
1: okay.
12: support
16: the
1: current operation. That's, that's on the north side north of the building. How about the cut in that's made on the south side of the building?
16: The south side. So I don't know if this board is aware. We lease um, about 50,000 square feet in the end building. So that's to help support that, obviously, um, you know, chance on those folks in that building. They don't have enough parking to support us. So that's to help um, support the operation that we now have across the street and, and, the, uh, and the lease with those folks. Yeah.
1: Is there any of the other costs that have been incurred? Have- on
16: up here. Right.
15: Yeah, sorry, okay.
16: there's
1: a microphone. <laughs> oh, understand. Yeah, to to I I mean, any it's ask? basically there's no there, there's been no engineering costs incurred on this. It is. It's, so
16: yeah, the actual building project has not started yet. That'll be on the south end of the building.
1: I'm going to restate my question again. I'm not talking about the actual cut into the earth for the start of the project. I'm talking about. Has the project started when it comes to design and engineering? Have engineering costs been incurred on this project?
16: No engineering costs have been paid on this project yet outside of just anything on the lot in terms of, like, you know, geotech exploration and those types of things. But in terms of engineering costs, any payments made, the GCs or whatever, as it relates but to there, the…
1: But there has been cost incurred as far as geotech and that kind of stuff to get ready for this?
16: On the parking lands, correct, yeah. Mm-hmm.
15: And you anything,
10: um, thank you, Commissioner. Um, <laughs> what you have seen now is the parking work that Mr. Gabbard indicated. I think the, um, it, and please feel free to ask the prosecutor's office for legal advice, but my understanding of it as it is today is that the start of that project is when footers and construction has moved on the building. So they don't count for the purposes of this analysis any of the engineering work that's necessary for the application. Obviously, there needs to be some money spent to get the drawings, get the project started. But the start of that um, legal statute is when footers and construction is done on the actual building.
1: And then were there any timeframes that this had to be done in? It, doesn't the legislation have an October 1st time frame for actual initiation of an application?
10: I am not aware of any, but I'm also not the expert on this, so I don't know if I could tell you definitively, but I have not been made aware of that, and this has been cleared through the Township's legal counsel, TQL's legal counsel, and I believe there was some consultation with Mr. Shrive in the prosecutor's office already. He has signed off.
1: He has signed off. He
10: has signed off on this. Okay. So, I I believe it's been resolved, but I I don't have any independent knowledge of that.
1: If he's signed off on it, I'm
15: okay. Okay.
10: Thank you. Thank you
15: thank you yeah i did i did ask mr shrive this morning for additional uh, clarification um this is what he sent um, i understand there's one uh, there's some questions about whether tk has started building on the project for which they seek an enterprise <coughs> tax abatement as an initial point is the tax commissioner who has the authority to decide whether the project meets the requirements for the tax abatement so they're the final arbiter the enterprise at issue in this case is well-versed in the law and has its own council. It is my understanding that the tax commissioners has said that the threshold for building activities when footers are installed. To my knowledge, no footers have been installed, nor has any activity specific to the project to be abated begun. As such, it is my expectation that, assuming the commissioners approve the abatement, the tax commissioner would also approve the abatement. So that's the clarification that I received from him today as well.
1: Okay. Okay. I, I just didn't want. To, I just want to make sure that you know that I don't want to violate the legislative code, or you know, with approval of an agreement. But by the same token, I know as a commissioner, I want to do what you want to do in your your township, and this is what you want to do. So. We
10: appreciate the support,
1: sir. No problem.
10: Thank you.
0: Well, board, you've heard the reading and a lot of conversation about item number twenty-five. <laughs> do I have a motion to approve? So move. Any other discussion? Roll call, Gail. Commissioner Painter? Yes. Commissioner Corcoran? Yes. Commissioner Batchelor? Yes.
12: Thank you, Commissioner. Thank you.
0: Thanks for coming.
13: Thank you. Emily. One more budget issue today. Um, This is a recommendation to resolve to approve and authorize changes in the annual appropriation resolution number 187-21 for county year 2022 Pursuant to the Ohio Revised Code, we have three supplemental appropriations. One is for sheriff, road patrol, and other expenses. It's two thousand two hundred twenty-six dollars and twenty-four cents. The EMA regular salary, seventy-two hundred dollars, and board of election other expenses for sixty-eight thousand dollars. Thank
0: you, Emily. Board, you've heard the reading, item number twenty-six. Do I have a motion to approve? We make the motion. Second. Any discussion? Roll call, please. Commissioner Corcoran.
5: Yes.
0: Commissioner Painter. Yes. Commissioner Bachelor. Yes. Thank you, Emily. Any additions to the agenda?
9: No,
0: ma'am. Let me just ask, I since it's been a long time, <laughs> county staff elected official discussion. None. H is an executive session pursuant to section 121.22G3 of the Ohio Revised Code to confer with the prosecuting attorney concerning disputes involving the public body that are the subject of pending or imminent court action. Do I have a motion to go into executive session? make the motion. Second. Roll call, please. Commissioner Corcoran. Yes. Commissioner Painter? Yes. Commissioner Batchelor? Yes. We will return. We have returned from executive session where we went in pursuant to section 121.22 G3 of the Ohio Revised Code to confer with the prosecuting attorney concerning disputes involving the public body that are the subject of pending or imminent court action and no decisions were made. Going back Greg, you wanted to staff comments?
8: I want to give the board an update on our broadband consultant in the study. Uh, The FCC put out new broadband maps for the county, and they are not very accurate. It says the county is 100% covered, which is certainly not the case. So we are going back, and we're going to be challenging those maps. Um, Really, what that affects is our future funding as we go forward with our our, uh, broadband study project. We also will be having a survey coming out to the general public uh, probably in the month of December and January that will allow the public to give us their feedback on what their options are for broadband. We pretty much know where Cincinnati Bell or Alta Fiber and Spectrum located. We know there's Starlink out there now. There's other rural providers, um, but this is going to give us concrete data that will help amend what we have. So when we do uh, propose how we are going to build that middle mile out, this data will be used. So um, look for internetclaremontcountyohiogovernor we We're still fine-tuning that. It will be a survey about your broadband, what you have, your options, as well as a link to a speed test that. As data, we will use. Um, so, but we are going to be challenging those maps. Okay. So, we'll have more information as we get uh, into the new year when this is available for everybody.
1: I, I'm, I'm glad you decided to do that because at the Luck conference that we just came from, there were all kinds of praise for those particular maps. And I, I took that at issue and said, you know, well, the FCC maps and what we see are not very accurate. And uh, so they, uh, they talked about, I sent you an email about that bulk rebuttal you know, that you can make. And the FCC is really quest- requesting that information, that if you have a rebuttal to that, to make that bulk okay. initiation, you know, to send back to them and say, this is what we've got, and this is what is really accurate. Because if they see it's backed up with good data, they're going to include it in there in their maps.
8: And that will help us with future funding opportunities as, as we build this, this network out. Because uh, they rely a lot on Verizon, AT&T, uh, T-Mobile, and even here in Batavia, if you try to do a speed test, you're not even going to get five meg. Mm-hmm. So it's not broadband as the FCC is defining it. What they are trying to count that is that, and certainly not the case. Yep. So I just want to give the board an update on that.
0: Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Any member comments? No. Anybody
1: um, entertain a motion? Yeah, a motion to adjourn. That one. So moved.
0: Mm-hmm. I'll second. Roll call, please, Gail. Hurry. Commissioner Painter? Yep. <laughs> Commissioner yes. Commissioner Corker. Yes. Commissioner Batcho, Yes. Thank you.